Today's episode of On Air With is brought to you by Farrell's Daughter. Uh, do you have business problems and need solutions? Have your marketing efforts fallen flat? You can find Trish, the owner of Farrell's Daughter Consulting, on Instagram at Farrell's Daughter. That's F A R R E L L S Daughter for all your small business needs. And give them a call today at 214 228 2636. Farrell's Daughter provides small business consulting, project management, website, and graphic design for small businesses with big goals. Tell them Echo sent you, and you'll get 15% off of all your services. a friend in uh, the studio with us, Chris. Yes. Hi, everyone. Yeah. Thank so you for you having me back. Yes, thanks for coming. And, and the funny thing is, so Jack, a.k.a. The Ghost, um, it was actually <laughs> his idea to do a series where it's more one-on-one, but it was actually perfectly brought up in our meeting. There was a post where you talked about um, during uh, the production of Sweat. Mm. Um, where you talked about um, an experience that you had. And I thought, I really want to talk to him about this. I'm going to ask him about it later. And it was just me saying, I'm going to ask my friend about this. I hadn't even thought about it until he said, let's go, let's do this one more one-on-one thing. And I was like, I can ask Chris, oh. but in front of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so here we are. So like, okay, so can you explain a little bit about, like, so the post talked about the importance of um, representation. And actually it was talking about, I guess, a former student of yours and they experienced when they saw you at Sweat. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, for those that don't know, Sweat was a production at the Dallas Theater Center, and I'm one of the uh, Briarly Resident Acting Company members there. And um, the role that I played in that show was Oscar. And the role that he has in that show is very essential because he is the busboy. And uh, the show runs about two hours and 30 minutes. And throughout those two hours and 30 minutes, he hardly has any lines, but he's always on stage in the background um, listening to what all these people are talking about and um, and cleaning, cleaning the tables and scraping, scraping gum off the bottom of tables while people are complaining about um, job security and immigration, totally ignoring his existence. And his role in that show is beautiful because it really, it really gives us a visual of how certain people in our society, in this case Latinos, are, are, are invisible to people until it's no longer convenient for them to be invisible. Hmm. Spoiler alert, if you don't want to know what happens at the end, cover your ears. Um, that leads to a hate crime at the end. And um, after the hate crime, um, my character actually ends up coming out on top through certain circumstances. And um, in the lobby, after a Project Discovery night, which we'll get into Project Discovery, I think, maybe later, mm-hmm. um, a young lady uh, went up to me, and she was in tears. And uh, she introduced herself to me, and and I and I hugged her, and, and, I, and I asked if everything was okay. And she said, she said, yeah, I just, uh, she said, um, I am one of the only Mexicans at my school, and I've been bullied because of that. And, um, and seeing your character get bullied similar to how I have been bullied, and then coming out on top really meant a lot to me. And it was a 
touching and beautiful moment. And I just held her and, and I told her that, you know, that I'm so, so thankful that she felt vulnerable enough to share that with me mm-hmm. and that she has a lot to offer and that she can do great things and I'm sure is doing great things. And, uh, and after that, she, she has stayed in touch with me and, um, and has come back to see other shows. And, and since then I've met her mom and, uh, it really is, um, beautiful because, uh, her mom has told me how much she, she told me, she said, thank you for giving my daughter so much hope mm-hmm. and, and, and seeing a Latino on stage um, and how much that means to her and how much hope that gives her to know that she can do this and she can have a career in this and she can make a difference. Um, and the mom told me this when uh, they came to see In the Heights and uh, they surprised me with a birthday gift. And I think this is what the post was. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they surprised me with a birthday gift, and the the young lady had made a um, a painting of a comic book cover, and it wasn't just a regular comic book cover; it was a comic book cover of the superhero, my alter ego that I created when I was in high school. And the reason why she knew this was because uh, I think weeks back I had found old uh, sketches of this character that I made up called the Valiant Viking. And because we were the Nimitz Vikings at Nimitz High School. And he was a, the, the valiant Viking. And there was very a specific font for the name and, uh, and a very specific costume. And she went out of her way for my birthday to create a comic book cover with that same font, with that same costume, with myself. The, the image is myself, Chris Ramirez, and she nailed it. And my backpack and the costume is kind of... Um, is kind of falling out of the backpack, you know, and it says like issue number one, uh, happy birthday. And it was like the most incredible gift and it just moved me to tears. And, and I put it up in my dressing room. And then right now it's up in, in my apartment and I look at it and it just brings me so much joy. And it's a, an actual, repre- an actual visual representation of the difference that, um, that an artist can make and an artist of color can make on a student of color. Great, so we can end the podcast there. Right. Um, I got nothing. Like everybody that, is like, crying. Right, right. We're totally fine. Also, I cry at everything, so I am pretty proud that I made it through the whole thing without crying. Yay me! But like, um, I think so. You you talked about so many things, and it it's kind of this domino effect of what happens when people see themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, not just celebrated, but like just see themselves. Like mm-hmm. I think the the assumption is like, we want to see us win, and like yes, we do want to see us win, but also we just want to see us. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and also just a testament to the fact that theater does in fact save lives. Like mm-hmm. us theater kids say it a lot, but like also truly, it's yeah. real. It's real. And like you actually answered so many other questions because I was like, well. Why is it important to a young person? Well, we just found that out. Have you ever come across, seen, read, or performed anything? You don't have to tell us a name, but something that maybe you think had the adverse effect. Like, how can it be done wrong? Because this is a brilliant, like, hmm. example mm-hmm. of the of what happens when you do it. I don't want to say correctly because every way can be correct. Sure. Like, many ways can be correctly. Sure. But have you seen it the other way? Yeah, I mean. 
it's hard, um, it's especially when you're dealing with um, dated dated scripts. Yeah. Mm. Um, for example, um, a Tennessee William play, Night at the Iwana. Night. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some very stereotypical Mexican um, busboy uh, or ho- hotel hops. I think maybe the role is. I don't know the show very well. And, right, I'm trying to remember when I read this play like eight years right, ago. Right, right, and they, you know, and and they're written to to stereotype, and and this is where it gets uh, a little bit difficult and muddy on on the performer because I I believe that um, as a person of color, sometimes, and I know this sounds difficult but sometimes you have to grab and to some point embrace what you have yeah and and then use that mm. i remember having discussions with a friend about how yes tokenism is completely a thing but that doesn't necessarily mean that we can't use tokenism to our advantage because it is giving because it to some degree is given giving you a platform mm-hmm. and um, and you know and sometimes that can be a case where yes I am having to do this but it is giving me a platform to be on this stage and how many people are going to see this show and then still see me mm-hmm. and how and what domino effect is that going to have um, after people see this show and um, I know that's not like the popular quote-unquote answer but um, not necessarily, and I'm not saying that necessarily is the right answer, but I think that sometimes that is a way to to look at it. And one of my former students, um, and again, it's you know times are changing so fast, um, and he's a young he's a young actor, and someone offered him a role for a new work, and I think he was a. Uh, he was uh, similar, I think coincidentally, like a Mexican hop, <laughs> like bellhop. Mm. Again, it was like another yeah. play. And, and this is a new play 40 years later. <laughs> yes, right. And, um, and they were offering him the role, and he was like, Mr. Ramirez, I can't take this. And I said, why? Like, this is like, this, they're offering you a role, and right. this is work, and you're yeah. starting your career. And like, my brain is like, wow, well, was your rage? I grab anything. <laughs> you know? Uh, and he's like, I can't do that. I can't play this stereotype. And I'm like, and then like, part of me, like the old man, was like, you have to start somewhere. <laughs> Humble yourself, young man. And then the other part of me, and then I remember I was like talking to my friend. Uh, Gloria and she's like dude times are changing man it's like you know like you and me would have jumped on that so fast but these kids are woke Mm. like they're not gonna stand for that and and I was like oh you're right but (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) and it's just like and that that, that was just like such like a a clear moment of like oh man times are changing because Mm. I mean truly I would have if I was 18, 19 years old and someone offered me anything I'd be like yes Uh, and I think that's why going back to my previous statement I still have somewhat of that mentality yeah. of I can use that yeah. to my advantage yeah. and make something of it because uh, because then I would be seen and I would be meeting people and I could use that for whatever reasons and that's a fine muddy line is yeah. why I go back is why I go back to that phrase that it's a muddy muddy line but but and it's sh- a hard decision I'm sure because yeah. you because sometimes it's like but also I kind of have to eat right so right. right. Food's important, right. you know, living, rent, you know, yeah. baby things, you know, are important. But then also, like, how icky do you feel 
Absolutely. When you yeah. when you do that, like so, like is that worth it? Is that okay? Or and, and you know? where's your personal line as an artist, yeah. as a person, as as someone who is? Because I see what you mean, right? It's it sounds like you're saying a. Not necessarily all representation is good, but that a lot of representation can be good, even if we don't mm. automatically think of it as good. Just to uh-huh. see ourselves mm-hmm. at all yeah. is something. And then, especially in live theater, where you're seeing like, okay, yes, I know this person is playing a stereotypical role, but also, look, it's somebody like me, right in front of me, right yeah. on stage. Uh, but also that like, this can be the foundation for building a career that later does lead to a role like mm-hmm. in Sweat, where it's much more... Right. Nuanced much more and useful like and helpful representation. Exper- yeah, yeah, experiential. But absolutely, there is, you know, don't get me wrong, there's absolutely counterproductive, <laughs> uh, you know, things out there yeah, where right. you're, you're just watching and you're like, come on, man. Like, what what, what good yeah. is this? Why, why did this have to be, like, whatever? <clears throat> me and my sister had a conversation about this yesterday about how, like, uh, la- the Latino community is, is very... Um, we, we we different. We uh, <laughs> when it when it comes to when it comes to humor, and I always say like, man, a Latino will roast themselves before anybody gets to. Huh, okay. Like, I mean, we, I mean, we're in the business of busting each other's balls, and we will like, I mean, and like, you watch. You watch Mexican TV shows, and it's like we embrace stereotype and make fun of ourselves <laughs> so much, and in return. We have a little thicker skin and don't get mm. as offended as other. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like because that's what it is. I mean, like everyone in like I mean, I can only speak for like Mexican uh, culture, but I think in other Latino culture, um, for like Mexicans love nicknames. Oh, and they and they're not and they're not nice with their nicknames. But but you know, but when you give them a nickname, like you embrace it and everyone laughs about it. And when they yeah. you know they make fun of you, then you make fun of them and everyone you know, and it's all in good fun. You know what I mean? Um, I will say the first time I heard somebody called Gorda and like Pete and. She she just answered it. And right. I was like, or Flaca you, or you just call somebody fat and she say, huh? Like, <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. that's not okay. I mean, it's 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 so bizarre. Like in my family, like it's like La China. And it's like, and then I, me and my sister were talking yesterday, and I said, Well, why 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 do we call you know, why do we call her La China? Uh, and it's like, oh, because um, this is uh, no grant, I want to want to preface that Mexicans and PC don't get along. Okay. <laughs> So I want to preface by saying that. Um, and I'm like, what do we call her Chena? And she's like, well, she has smaller eyes than the rest of the family. Oh, no. And then it's like, it's like, well, what do we call him Cabezon? And it's like, well, his head is a little bigger than everyone. You know what I mean? And it's just like, and it's just like, that's just, it's just the way it is. And like, right. again, no one's upset about it. Right. No one is, no one is up in arms about it. Well, see, that's one of the things I kind of wanted to talk about, both on Tyler Perry and also, um, like I think you mentioned, like like Spanish language media uh-huh. and like telenovelas as well. Like, there's I think there's something different when it feels like it's in the family. And I think that Spanish gives you a way to like really make it in the family yeah. mm-hmm. in a way that like Black Americans don't necessarily have. But yeah. for instance, I was much more comfortable with those Tyler Perry plays because white people weren't watching that. That's true. That right. Was really, and so like nobody was there but us. Oh look, it's like and so for us to talk about our own stereotypes in an in the family way. Yeah. Or for like Hispanic people to talk about those stereotypes in an in the family way I think it's totally different than if you took that same you could honestly take the same script translate it into English and I think I suspect without knowing 
that like a lot more people might find it offensive because it's like, oh, are we we can do this like in front of everybody? Yeah, like, saying these like these stereotypical it's like keep things that inside the house, that inside the house mentality. Mm. Like we're gonna keep this inside the house. Like don't think, do this when when company comes over. I just think representation automatically becomes different when uh to be fancy when the white gaze enters the picture. But, <laughs> but really, like, can you can you talk about how? how audience affects representation. Absolutely. And that's that's actually where I was getting at with with that long convoluted answer was how how much of a difference it makes when it is brown people tell, telling right. that story and poking fun of themselves and or or, or or a white man writing the play. Oh yeah. Iwana. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. And then writing in these characters. That is when it is yeah. completely counterproductive and and an issue. But when but when when it's um when it's someone within house, mm-hmm. I think is is where it, it you know, I think it there's a little bit more room for uh for leeway because yeah. because like I said, it's it's in house and it's yeah. something that um that that we get. There was a, a production recently I won't say where, but there was a moment where uh, the there was there was uh, Mexican characters, and then it was very surreal. You know, it was like sur- uh, surrealism, and the characters all of a sudden, like something happened. Every time something happened in the play, uh, Me- Mexican cumbia would come in, and then all the Mexican characters would just like start like just dancing, <laughs> and it was directed by a Latino, and uh, and. Honestly, I'm like that's hilarious. Like, I mean, because it's right. like, yeah. but that, it'd be like that sometimes. Yeah, right. But at this theater that it was produced, the white folks were like, uh, right. I, I would have been the same know. way. I would have been sitting there like, but can I laugh at? Meanwhile, this? we are laughing so hard, right. and we're like, yes, that's yeah. that's what it's like. <laughs> I love have like this. I often feel a little weird because, like, in my head, I laugh because I laugh because I was used to laughing with people. Right. Who could laugh because at it? Because you were like fully embedded in the culture. Yeah. Right. But I but everybody don't know that. So like right. then, <laughs> so then do I look like the black person who's pointing and laughing or like do I look Also, I do have a little bit of of, of cover because mm-hmm. I am brown skinned so one could assume that I am Afro-Mexican That's or right. I'm Afro-Mexican. Right. You were Cuban, like, I believe like, you. People would be right. like, "Cool, cool." Whereas depending on like how although we also know that there are white Mexicans and white That's whatever right. like that exists too, but I feel like I I get a I get a little bit of a what? like an in, but I'm always nervous cuz I'm like, "Oh, is anybody?" There? <laughs> <laughs> but again, that's that that's that audience. Like cuz in one context, I'm sure in Colombia like you were probably viewed differently. And mm-hmm. people would make different assumptions than they would in Texas. People would make different assumptions in New York yeah. than they would in Dallas. Yeah. Or in California than yeah, they would. Right. You For know? sure. I want to make sure that we spend some time talking about Project Discovery. So tell us about that because you were... Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what this is at all. So oh, really? Actually. Oh, great. Yeah. So, uh, so Project Discovery is Dallas Theater Center's flagship program, and gosh, it's been in 2016. It was their 30th anniversary, so they're probably 34, 35 years in now. Wow. Uh, and it's a program where uh, they go to uh, to schools in the DFW area, and they send a bus to the school, and then they bring kids to come see our productions completely free. They don't pay mm-hmm. a cent. Um, and they go to the school, they pick them up, and then when they get to the theater, they do an hour-long workshop 
uh, about the show they're going to see. So they'll be given like a study guide and there will be a teaching artist and they won't just be they they're not just doing acting games. <clears throat> like right. I mean they were having they were having deep discussions about themes, about um, about whatever whatever topic the the show is going to expand on and then do some sort of activity so that when they watch the show, they are watching it with um with a more awareness of what the playwright wanted the audience to walk away with. Mm-hmm. So these 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 year old kids are are watching this play and not just going to see a play on a on a on a field trip. Right. Um, they are they are they are watching it as patrons, as artists. Mm. And this program isn't meant to create uh, actors and directors. It's just meant to 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 get people to the theater and to create future patrons. Mm-hmm. And um and that absolutely works. I, I often see people that were Project Discovery students that now often go to the theater to watch it uh, incredible program that that young lady that I was talking about was was in and a program that I was in um, so I, I had not gotten the chance to see um, professional theater where I was where I was growing up mm-hmm. and um, and it wasn't until Project Discovery that I was able to go to the Dallas Theater Center and sit at the Kalita and um, and watch shows and I mean I, I when I say that I literally would sit in the audience and say, when I grow up, I'm going to act on this stage and I'm going to be a company member here. Like, I mean, I'm not lying when I say that. Look at I mean, that. <clears throat> I mean, that's, that's the, that's the honest, honest truth. I'm not making that up. And, um, yeah. And, uh, it, it, it changed my life and it um, it affect when I later got into the classroom and I taught theater, high school theater for three years you know, I didn't get my degree in, in theater, but all I did was, okay, what made an impact on me when I was in high school? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, of course, of my incredible theater teachers, but I also thought about the structure of the Project Discovery workshop and how beautiful that was laid out. So uh, so I even modeled my, my, um, my lesson plans after Project Discovery. And then when I left education and worked at Dallas Theater Center, um, on, uh, on in their education department, I got to work and organize Project Discovery, and it was just a wonderful thing and a you know a circle of life moment where it's like, wow, I did this as a student, and uh, and now I get to go to high schools and talk to kids about it and kind of tell them my story and help organize it and create these workshops and teach the workshops. Uh, and then wow. when I transitioned out of that into an acting company member, now I get to perform for the Project Discovery kids. Yeah. And I get to um, kind of, you know, it's uh, hopefully inspire them the way I was inspired when I watched Christy Vela on stage when I was 16. And I said, that woman looks like she could be my aunt. And that was, I mean, that's the first mm-hmm. time I had ever seen mm-hmm. a Latino on stage. And it was, it was so amazing. And I never, and I never forgot it. And I tell her that all the time. I'm like, <laughs> can, can I ask like, so what show was that? What do you remember anything? Unfortunately, else about? it was a show called in the beginning and it was not good. Oh, <laughs> and it's okay. She'll tell you that, and everybody at Dallas Theater Center will tell you that it oh, was a mess no. of a show. God bless. And I think it was like Kevin's first show at Dallas Theater Center <laughs> as artistic director, and and I, I he will probably tell you the same thing. I mean, and I and I love him, and I think so highly of him as an artist, and he's proven himself time and time and time and time, but time again. But the first time but out, that, it's yeah, not always. Yeah, that first, that first in the beginning with show with a new group of people, a new yeah, city, a whole new yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was rough. But it also. <laughs> But what? But also to speak to that, right? 
the the fact that even though it was all of these things that you're like it was a mess of a show and she would say that and he would say that the fact that that was the show that still had oh absolutely like it still right. it shows that it doesn't have I mean like of course you always want to strive to make really good shows right like right. nobody's like I want to make a crap show like right. nobody's saying that but you want to strive to make really good shows but the fact is is that honestly a lot of the times by putting people who look like the the audience where you are on stage it makes a difference like when you have an audience of people who can also see themselves in various ways mm -hmm. no matter if you think it's quality or not it still has had this long of effect on you this right. long lasting effect oh absolutely and she was and she was my teacher she was my project discovery mm -hmm. Uh, teacher, yeah, teaching yeah, yeah. artist that day. So she was oh, wow. she was our teaching artist and then said, okay, well, I have to go get ready for the show now. And we saw her and then I just remember at the curtain call, she waved at us before she left state. And I mean, it's like small things like that yeah. that are just embedded in my memory. And I, and, and, and I, I mean when I say that every time I go on that stage and – and, and, and we perform, especially on Project Discovery Night Set, like that is on my mind. And I know that it, like the smallest thing can make a difference. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and I like mm. sometimes I tell like my cast members, I'm like, please come to the talk back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it'll like it'll mean a lot and it'll make a difference to yeah. these kids to simply wave yeah. <laughs> and yeah. make eye contact with them yeah. and yeah. take a picture. I mean, it's like whatever. You know what I mean? It can... Um, who knows? Who knows what's going on? And that's something when they're 30 years old, they're going to think back on. Talk to us a little bit about what the representation of Latinos, even off stage, but in theater. It, it holds so much important um, from an artistic level and also from an, from an administrative level. Um, and I can say that having worked at Dallas Theater Center and worked at Academia Theater, which is a Latino theater company here in, in Dallas as well, it's not a joke that that when you need to you need to have that diversity and that representation um, in those boardrooms and in the office because it will affect. Um, changes and it will affect the way the stories are told. Um, yeah, you know, there's there's so many examples. It's hard to even list one. But um, my friend um, uh, is directing a show right now, and he's directing Pippin. And he let me know that th uh, part of the design that he wanted to do was to have the soldiers wear ripped jeans and hoodies. And he he uh, he, t he the, the cast is all black. And when the costumes came in, the cast had a visceral reaction to the hoodies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he, who is Latino, he's Latino, and he was like, oh, wow, I, this is something that did not, you know, it did not speak to him. Mm -hmm. and, and to see that visceral reaction, he said, wow. And he said, this, this needs to change. And, um, and I think that's like an example of, yeah. you know what I mean, of having someone, and even if it wasn't him, if it was someone, an, a board of director, or if it was someone that, mm -hmm. that, that needed to speak up, mm -hmm. um, it, 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 can, it can change those, the, the, the direction. Well, I thought that was also a great example because 
A, you can have somebody in the room that is from the culture and will already, and that'll kind of help you avoid mistakes before they happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you if you show, if if that, if your friends, I don't know, if they had like a supervisor or somebody else who's in the department that they were working in who had seen like, oh, this is your plan. Actually, all these black kids are probably going to feel a way about that, so maybe don't. Yeah. Right? Like, it's great if you can have that person to catch in advance. But it's also great to have... Um, an ally there, and I think your friend was being an ally there, that like when they see, even if they don't just know it off the bat, like just, you know, from their experience, when they see this reaction, they know this has to change. This is not like a, and we all know in theater, right, you get to like the week before and you get like, Two changes. You get like two or three like big, oh, oops, can we fix this real fast, right? Um, Or you get to the stage where design elements are coming together. And there's only so many times as a director, as a producer, that you get to say, oh, I made a mistake there. Please change this. Yeah. And knowing even higher ups that are making financial decisions, having somebody that knows enough to say, no, this is actually important enough that we, this is where we have to. Maybe we'll sacrifice another change we wanted to make because this is a necessary change. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's an important, like you said, part of, mm-hmm. of representation and also of allyship. You know, those those small mistakes are are are, are done by our allies. Yeah, and, and true. And you know, when yeah. they say, "Oh my gosh," they said, "I," you know, and they apologize, and it's like, "No, no, no," it is totally fine. And I think that it's it's on us to to be understanding. Yeah. You know, in sweat, I remember my original costume design. Um, was to have a flannel and the top button buttoned. And normally I'd be like, okay, great. Um, But this character was Colombian, and he lived in Reading, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And I said, and I know that this look, this top button look, is very connected to the cholo look. Yeah. Specifically in California, yeah. in LA, ah, yeah, because like we hardly even do that here in Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Let yeah. alone a Colombian, not a Mexican, right? Right, because, right, right. Because that's also a very Mexican thing. A Colombian in small town Pennsylvania, yeah. yeah. And I had to, and I had to talk to the the designer when she was, you know, in town during Tech Week, and I was like, hey, I just want to let you know that this, you know, this, uh, like, this is a, a very Mexican. LA specific thing yeah. and I just really don't believe that Oscar would yeah. wear this mm-hmm. you know and she was like oh I'm, I'm, I had no idea <laughs> so, yeah. you know and right. I went it's totally fine right. this is why this is why conversation is important yeah and this is why you know to get back on point like representation is important yeah. because like we know we know our stories right and mm-hmm. um and it's important to just be specific about these sort of things and there's something like why would she know that you know she was yeah. she was an older Asian <laughs> Asian right. woman mm-hmm. and, you know yeah and I know she did her extensive research because she was an incredible designer I'm wondering what representation did for you besides inspiring you to be an actor do you know what I mean did, mm-hmm. it, did, it, did it make you think about yourself differently did it make you think about your race or nationality differently like how, how did it impact you besides I want to do that and I know I can I think if anything it made me embrace it even more um, and that I attribute to Caramia Theater um, because I'd, I'd, I had never done a show with Latinos before. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I did Zoot Suit there and just having a room full of brown people mm-hmm. that kissed each other's cheek at the beginning of rehearsal yes. <laughs> and knew each other and spoke Spanish frequently, yeah. um, I was like, th- that that made me 
that made me embrace my culture so much. And I, I think I am now more in tune with my culture than I was before I had worked at Academia Theater. And, and, and that's, and that's power and that's power. And, and there was a student at Booker T that saw real women have curves mm -hmm. and she, amazing show by the way. Yeah. And she directed by Chrissy Vela. Yes. And she, uh, the next day introduced herself in class and finally said her name with accent with a Spanish mm. accent and her class her classmates said I didn't know are you Mexican I had no idea and she said yeah and it's because she saw real women have curves that she said I need to embrace me wow yeah. I need to embrace my family and yeah. my background and and that's and that's beautiful and that's and that's and that's truth and um and i think that's you know that's that effect that representation can have not only to inspire you to do it yourself but also to reflect on your family and mm -hmm. what's in your blood and um and yeah so i mean that's my answer to that is i i am i have an even greater love for my culture after having been representative of it on stage and i know that it's it's affecting other people in a similar way when they see our stories. Uh, my next show is American Mariachi. Speaking of Latino representation, I already um, got my ticket. Right, I'm right. so excited. And it's at at the Dallas Theater Center, and it'll be a co-production. So for those of you listening in Chicago, we will be at the Goodman in on nice. the in the month of May, um, and it'll be great. It'll be eight to ten brown beautiful faces playing guitar and playing instruments and singing and you're gonna love it i literally got my ticket in the mail yesterday i'm so excited okay yeah and see i'm gonna buy mine when we stop this podcast <laughs> great sounds good sounds good all right we're gonna close out don't be afraid to tell your story we'll see you next episode bye